You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Welcome, West Side Church. It's great to be together today. We uh, hope you're having a great beginning to 2021. You know, last year, in October, the West Side staff and eldership team gathered to brainstorm and pray on what would be a good kickoff theme to this new year. And we came up through the Spirit of God with an idea called Higher, that we need to lift our thoughts and our ways higher out of some of the challenges and low thinking of our world. And today we want to lift your thoughts to change your life. Now, like all of you, this week has been a challenging week as we saw the events unfold at our nation's capital. I was appalled to watch what was going on. I was appalled, but not surprised. I was appalled to see a man uh, walking through our nation's capital with a Confederate flag. It uh, is a disgusting emblem of darkness in our nation's history. It's an emblem of racism and hate. And to see it waved and paraded through our Capitol building was appalling, but again, not surprising. We live in a fallen world. We live in a system where human wickedness and human weakness prevails. There's greed. There's racism. There's violence, there's hatred, there's plain foolishness going on. Thankfully, there is a way out. And that's our hope for all of us, that our minds and hearts will be lifted higher so our lives can change. And we can change and lift the thoughts and minds of the world around us. You know, today we're going to look at some scriptures that talk about how to lift our thoughts And I want to begin in Isaiah 55, our theme verse in verse seven says, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, our world does not have the answers. And I'm so grateful that God makes it clear that his thinking and his ways, they aren't like our worlds. That we need to lift our thoughts. The answers to society's problems are not on this earth. They're in God's hands. And he unveils them to us. In his word, which he has graciously given us in his Bible. So as we look at the scripture there, it says, you know, my ways are not like your ways. And it says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I started thinking, preparing this lesson. Well, in what way are the heavens higher than the earth? There's clearly not really a spatial reality there because We know there's a galaxy around us and above us and below us. And um, we certainly know that uh, the earth is is spinning and 
that things are, physically speaking, there's no higher area that where heaven resides. It's more of a spiritual area of reality that he's talking about. And that's what we need to connect with. In what way? Well, the scripture teaches that the heavens are higher. In what ways? We know that angels rejoice over one person who changes and repents and gets rid of the wickedness of their life. They rejoice over just one person doing that. We, we read that in heaven, there's actually no marriage. Um, I love my wife dearly. You're going to get to hear from her a little bit later in today's message. Uh, I'm so grateful. Greatest gift God has given me. But truth is, in heaven, there isn't marriage. There's love, but the secret to life is revealed that it's a relationship with God, not with another person. Now, in heaven, all, all things and all people are obedient to God. There's no tears. There's no death. There's no mourning. There's no crying. There's no pain. We read in the letter from the Apostle John, the revelatory letter. We read that there's no cowardice. There's no unbelief, no vile thinking, no murder, no sexual immorality, no drug use, no occultic arts, no love of money. And no lies in heaven. It's a different place. Down here on earth, all these things take place. But God wants to lift our thoughts. And he wants to lift our ways up. So the question today is, how do we get higher thoughts and higher ways? How do we lift our mind out of the gutter, out of this system that as we watch on TV stuck in this pandemic, we see the evil so clearly? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It is from another place. You know, in our society, we resort sadly to violence to prevent things that we don't like or to get things that we want. And we've seen that recently. But in God's kingdom, the weapons we use are different. They are spiritual. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church said, That we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Our weapons are not the weapons of this world. They're not physical. Our weapon is God's word. His eternal, powerful, impacting word and the power of the gospel. Higher thoughts come from the word of God. Higher ways come from understanding and experiencing the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You know, next week we're going to talk about these higher ways more in depth. Today I want to focus in on the higher thoughts, how to lift our thoughts to change our life. And it's so easy in our world to think selfishly. Even people who were with Jesus all the time oftentimes didn't get it. And I want to take a look at a passage from Mark chapter 8. This is right after the Apostle Peter proclaims Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, that he is the Son of God. He believed it. But then we read here in verse 31, it says, And he began to teach them, this is Jesus speaking, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this, Plainly, 
And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on things of men. And the reality is, oftentimes we can fall into the exact same situation. Peter gets rebuked by Jesus because he had in mind the things of mankind. He, he wasn't really listening to the word or understanding it quite right. He just didn't get it. He was hanging out with Jesus. He believed that he was the Christ, the Son of God. He believed he was the new Israelite leader. He believed that they were going to start a movement that was going to change all things and he was going to be right in the mix of it. But he didn't understand the kind of movement that it would be. And he got rebuked by Jesus because he had to go to the cross for that movement to be ignited. The message of the cross is foolishness and a stumbling block to many people. But there is a power unlike any other in it. You know, our thoughts can, our, all our thoughts can easily um, descend into humanistic thinking or comfort thinking or secular thinking or things that make my life feel better on the outside. And I think that was part of the problem with Peter. And Jesus had to straighten him out. But I don't blame Peter. I've been like that many times myself. I know this year my thoughts descended into some some areas of greed. I I during the pandemic, I remember after the stock market crash, you guys remember the lockdown, the stock market was going up and down. And uh, luckily, I had a lot of my retirement investment in, in secure areas that weren't that highly affected. But I had some money that we had put in savings from when my wife and I sold our house of 15 years. This is two years ago. We moved here. We sold our house. Uh, from the Inland Empire, and we, we didn't feel like we could buy one here on the west side because it was so expensive, and we wanted to be patient. So after the crash, some of the money and savings, I thought, well, I should invest it. Look at all these low prices, and I thought about buying Tesla stock. I had rented a Tesla. I thought, those are amazing. I thought about buying Bitcoin. I, I'd read up on that. I, I've talked about it. I thought, that's probably a, the future. And But for various reasons, I, was, I, I didn't do it. And so recently... Watching the news and seeing the Tesla stock going through the roof and Bitcoin, I, I was just pierced with this overriding sense of like, oh, I should have. What I blew it. And every time I would turn on the Internet and read the, the headlines, I'd see something about it. And it just it made me uncomfortable, made me mad. And I started, why does this make me so mad? And I realized it's just simply greed. The root of it is greed. Wanting money. Wishing I had that money. And it's wrong. It's not the right way to think. If you've invested, good for you. But I know for me, keeping my eyes peeled on the internet, watching the news headlines, could take me to some places that weren't good. And, you know, my cure was studying the Word of God. My cure was turning off the internet and reading Isaiah chapter 55. And it began to be like a, just a, a balm of healing and encouragement and faith. And like, oh, the things that matter. Oh, I'm starting to see it. And I want to talk about some of those things with you guys today so that we can lift our thoughts. We need to have higher thoughts. And the first thing I want to bring up is this. Words create worlds. Our words matter. And of course, God's words matter. But higher thoughts come from the word of God. You know, later on, we'll read later uh, how 
in Isaiah 55, he talks about his word. It is given out the way rain and snow come on the land and make it flourish. So God's word accomplishes the purpose that he sends it out for. God's words change lives. And all words can create worlds. They can create problems. We've seen that. Uh, Twitter can create movements. Some healthy, some not so much. Words do matter. Words can wound. And words of kindness can heal. Words of truth can save us. Words of deceit can destroy us. I want to call on us to speak God's words to one another. To speak kind words to one another. To be careful with judgment. I know this, even this week, um, I was doing a lesson on history for our congregation. And in the background, I heard noise. And, and at one moment, I, um, I had my camera turned off. And it was right during the middle of the lesson. I can't remember exactly what part. But I got over to the door, to the other room. And I peered out. And my 11-year-old Nathan was there. And I noticed that the TV was on. And it was a little loud. And I kind of harshly you know, gave him that, turn it off. Like, what are you doing? Um, and later, the day after, Nathan came up to me and says, Dad, you know, I, I was happy to turn it off, but maybe next time you could use kinder words. And I thought, oh, words matter. I said, I will. I'm sorry, Nathan. Let's not have the TV on during midweek. But um, he was gracious to me, and I certainly want to be kind and encouraging and create a world of safety for my son to grow up in my household. I hope you want to do the same thing for your families, for your roommates, for people that you care about. And even those you don't know, words create worlds. Let's create a world of justice and kindness and hope. Amen. You know, I want to continue on in Isaiah chapter 55. And let's begin in the very first verse, actually. We're going to kick off there. These are really the pinnacle of the salvation oracles from the book of Isaiah that begin in chapter uh, 40 of Isaiah. I would advise you to read and study Isaiah 55, but really my challenge to you today would be to even consider reading chapter 40 through 66 of Isaiah. It will lift your mind. But let's begin in verse 1. It says, Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. All who have no money, Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. He says, come all who are thirsty. He calls us to have higher thoughts. And I want us to have a higher view of what family is. What is God really looking at? Who is invited to God's family? I love the verse how it says, come all who are thirsty. See, God calls all people. He reaches out to all of us. He wants a relationship and connection with everyone. He has a higher understanding of family. And who's invited? Everyone. But the one condition is there has to be a thirst. You have to recognize you need him. The invitation is clear. All admit they have a need. But I love how the verse begins with its inclusion. 
all. All nations. And later we'll read uh, next week about how these nations come. Nations that don't even know who Israel is will come. And the implication spiritually is that we are called to go to people that we don't even know. And that people we don't know will come to those of us that have our thoughts lifted high. And as we speak words that lift thoughts, people will be drawn to us. You know, I love meeting new people. Recently, a new friend is L.A. and Paige Hall. Great couple has been coming out and just connecting and getting to know them and studying the word with them. You know, I love the West Side families. Karen and I have been here for two years, but I want everyone to hear that we're committed to the families on the West Side. It's great to hear from, from Newbie and, and Charlotte, to hear from Mia, their thoughts. So appreciate all the things they share. Uh, I love this family. And I hope that you have a conviction to flourish where you're planted. Your best friendships might simply be people you've not really fully committed to that are right in your neighborhood. God wants us to have the heart that all can be in this family because we all have the need. Carrie is going to share some more thoughts on this idea, on higher thoughts. Let's listen to her now. Hello, Westside Church. Happy New Year. Uh, I'm really grateful for God calling us to lift our eyes, our ears, and our thoughts higher than the earth. Um, why is this necessary? As much as I try to stay in connection with him, uh, I'm still not able to see, hear, and think like he wants me to think naturally. Um, you know, in Isaiah 55, verse 2, the Bible reads, Listen, listen to me. And eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Now listen. The word listen is a verb. It requires action, a response, if you will. And this passage says we need to listen to God. Then we need to eat what is good. We need to consume it. Um, you've heard it said before, you are what you eat. Well, God is the one to first coin that phrase. Um, but the scripture says that if we do this, we will delight in the richest affair. Now, the richest affair is not necessarily the fancy things in life that we think of, but it really is the fruit of the spirit when real life happens. And it's hard to think higher sometimes, especially when the storms of life happen, uh, especially when we're in Living in such an uh, unfamiliar territory such as the pandemic, uh, the racial injustice that has occurred and is continuing in our country, and really the wacky political climate that we're in. Um, and this is when we need the supernatural. This is the divine power that we need that Second Corinthians 10 talks about. And as we focus our hearts and our minds on the necessity to think higher, I hope you look to the gospel. I hope you look to Jesus. If Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, needed to turn to the gospel in his challenging times, how much more do we need to? And I believe in Matthew 11, it reflects this. It gives us this great example. Um, You know, Jesus, he, you know, Jesus gave instructions to the disciples to go and teach and preach. Then his cousin John, who was in prison, sent his disciples to inquire, who is this Jesus? 
And so now Jesus has to give them instruction to convince John of his who he is. And then to top it off, Jesus has to denounce the unrepentant towns that he grew up in. I'd say that's a pretty rough day. And look what Jesus does. Look how he responds in verse 25. It says he praises God and reminds himself in prayer who God is and what he sent him to do. What do you do when you face a rough day? Do you praise God? Do you really reflect in prayer of all the amazing things that he has taught you and given you and shown you? Or do you turn to the temporary things, you know, overeating, oversleeping, overspending, binge watching uh, the screen, video games, social media? Do you pour yourself into your academics, you know, achieving? Uh, Maybe you overwork. Those are just a few of many things that we can turn to. And, you know, I want you to know I'm guilty of all those things. That's the flesh. And that's why it's so important for us to listen and listen to him. The gospel is not just the way to get to heaven. It's the only way we can face everything in life. And I want to close out with this passage that really does Help us to understand what Jesus is so eager in the Gospels to give us if we would listen to him. In uh, chapter 11, verse 28, it reads, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I look forward to us listening to his word this year. I look forward to us really lifting our eyes, our ears, and our hearts, and our thoughts higher. Love you guys. Thanks, babe. I love hearing your thoughts and being inspired to think on a higher level. And you've done that uh, for me and so many for, for years. Thank you so much. You know, as we look at the scripture, I want to hearken back to it. I want to focus on the part there where it says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? And we got to think about what do we labor for? What do we really focus our time on accomplishing, thinking it's going to fulfill us? The scriptures talk about how the best things in life are free. And we need to lift our eyes and our hearts and our minds to that reality. Do you labor for money? Have you struggled with greed? Uh, sometimes when we have a lot, we can struggle with greed. Sometimes when we have a little, we can struggle with it. Sometimes we, we don't feel like we have enough. But God says the best things in life are free. Jesus, we read that the Apostle John wrote that Jesus said his food was to do the will of him who sent him and to Finish his work. See, our, our higher satisfaction will come from giving our lives to God. You seek happiness and fulfillment through money and accomplishment. And hey, I'm a, on the Enneagram scale, I'm a three. I'm an accomplisher. I want to accomplish stuff. And I think that that's going to bring me happiness. But once one thing's accomplished, there's always something new. The greatest thing to accomplish 
is a relationship with God and remaining faithful until the day God takes us from our physical bodies. You know, it's free to have some of the best things in life. They can't be earned, the scripture says. They're not bought by your human resources. You know, God's gift is just that. It's a gift. It's not earned. Jesus died for you to be revived. And he was resurrected for you also to be resurrected from lowly thinking and lowly living. He says, come by and eat. You have no money. He gives these ideas of milk and wine, that they're metaphors for satisfaction. But the truth is, the truest satisfaction is having a mission that counts. The truest satisfaction and fulfillment is having forgiveness, having hope, having a family. And you know, the Word of God is free. The best things in life are free. And they are salves to our souls that can be hurting as we look across this globe. I pray you will lift your thoughts. Lift your eyes. Let the Word of God move you. I want to close with a story. This uh, past week, uh, it's actually before Christmas time, a little before Christmas actually, not this past week, uh, the Meckhamsons gave Carrie and I a call. This is actually several days before Christmas, and we were out delivering some gifts to the small group leaders who we appreciate so much. And they asked if they could borrow our 2007 Chevy Tahoe because it could hold six people. Indeed, it could. And we thought, well, we'll be done with what we're doing early in the day. I think so. And they didn't need it till later, so we, we gave it over and they enjoyed it that night and brought it back the next day and full of gas. Thank you guys very much. And I inquired, hey, well, what did you need it for? And Rick and I were talking. We regularly go on a, a prayer walk on Friday mornings, masks on our face. But we, we want to pray to God and keep social distant. But we want to connect. And we want God to teach us. And so after the prayer, I was asking him, okay, so you know, what, what do you need it for? How did it work out? And he told me about something called the perfect day that he and his family um, have had as a tradition for like eight years. And what it is, is instead of buying gifts for each child and each member of the family, they take a day where the whole family and their spouses, and this year uh, Drake's girlfriend joined them, Amelia, and they, they had a time together, a whole day where each one of the kids planned part of the day, and then the mom and dad planned part of the day, and they built memories. Now clearly, part of the day was they were going to go use a, a six-passenger vehicle, and the one they tried to get, uh, apparently the rental didn't work out, everything was going haywire, and, and Rick called. So it wasn't working out like a perfect day. But the reality is, things did work out. And what they were teaching and trying to empower each other to understand and lift their thoughts to is the importance of family memories, that they're much more valuable than owning possessions. And clearly, their thoughts were lifted. The perfect day. I like to have a perfect day. I can only imagine we were laughing about, I think in my family, uh, it'd be really hard probably for us. We, we um, probably are not as encouraging as they are when things don't go well. We, I can get a little frazzled and I can get upset. But, you know, it's the memories that count. And I appreciate that example. And I want to call on all of us to lift our thoughts to change our lives. And the challenge is to read the Word of God. Let your thoughts be lifted higher Next week, we're going to talk about 
lifting our actions and our ways to a higher standard and what God's calling us to through his gospel. Thank you for joining us and have an awesome week in Jesus' name. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.